folks. I'm here once again with my close personal friend, Aaron. Hi. Aaron, how's it going? Wow. Um, <laughs> it's going, this is how we're doing it. We're going to start it out like a normal, like a normal thing. Yep. I like it. I like yep. it. I like oh, it. me too. Mm. Do love a good Zizek. <laughs> His name is so fun to say. Zizek. Zizek. Slavoj Zizek. It's an interesting fellow. Yeah. Um, I'd like to do uh, a a bit uh, a stand up joke. This is I'm practicing from as 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 I mentioned to you. I'm presenting uh, in the near future, so I thought I would um, practice by doing some stand up. So here's one right. of my stand up yeah, jokes. Okay. So you ready? ready? You ready? Yep. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Folks, the only Amazon Fire I want is the one plugged into my TV. Am I right? Up here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> my man. <laughs> Yeah, did you hear the 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 thing the 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 wrong ice is on fire, the wrong Amazon is uh cages, the right yeah Trump is something. I don't I right. I, I screwed up the format. I don't remember what it it was funny because I was searching for I, I Googled, you know, Amazon Fire to fi- try and find an article to put into the show notes and all of the results are just for their TV and tablet series of products. What <laughs> <Like>, um <laughs> I mean, you don't want those to be on fire either. So, good job, enough. capitalism. Good job. Yeah. But now um, the thing—the thing about a rainforest is when I think about a rainforest. <laughs> Here's the thing, Dan. <laughs> I don't think of um, fires like uh, I. I'm, no, in fact, rain and fire—you would tend to think sort of don't go together. I mean, there's that song I've I, I've seen fire and I've seen rain. Hmm. That's a mm, I good can't. James Taylor oh, okay. jam, right? But um, yeah, I don't. I I am I'm, I'm kind of annoyed at, at everyone's takes on the Amazon rainforest fires to be like uniformly bad. Yeah, yeah, I, seems to be widespread condemnation. Yeah, everyone is on board that it's bad, right? But everyone's arguing about why and how. It right. seems, and I haven't checked in on Glenn, 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 Glenn Greenwald. Yeah, <laughs> it's funny because I didn't do that on purpose. <laughs> I he's mean, in my. Th- I have a I have a Twitter list. Right. Okay. Uh, so you've. He's, I'm glad that you don't like properly follow him, but he is in a list. So he's like a B. He's well. Let's just say he's on your list. I have a list and it's mm-hmm. private and I'm not going to share it with anybody, we but it's called, know. it's called thought leaders and it's spelled T H O T. It's a pretty good Twitter list for oh, when dear. I'm really wilding out and it's got, right. it's got just, it's got people who are interesting in both good and bad ways on it. All of the, all of the think fluencers. It is. It's all of the takes. It's just a. Yeah. It's just a solid stream of takes. It's, right. It's just the fires of hose of takes. Yeah. Um, and everyone but, agrees that the Amazon being on fire is bad. But I think the reason that everyone's just sort of arguing about it, um, or just doing the, um, you know, the slacktivism, click sharing. This is bad. Retweet if you agree. Is because like. We can't actually do that much about it. Like, I mean, what yeah. am I going to go fly down to Brazil and 
grab a fire hose or I mean, something? Do I, like, do I look I like, a fi- like a firefighter? Yeah. How do you stop? I don't want to. St- I don't want to steal thin red line valor. <laughs> Are they thin red line? Because I thought that already existed. No, I think they're thin red line. Huh? I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the taxonomy thin of red colored line was lines. for the troops. No. Well. Hmm. See, thin blue line is for the is for the the first the cops. Thin red line. So thin red line was actually a film, interestingly. But um, I think it should probably be like thin Dalmatian line. You would think, yeah, or like I don't know. Doesn't it seem no? Okay, I'm seeing that it is in fact for firefighters. Wow, they're stealing. Valor. I'm here on a site. I'm here on a site called PatriotWood.com, which, uh, <laughs> boy, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> When it comes to the uh, seduction of women. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what are what are EMTs then? Uh, so, okay, so I put in EMT and Google suggested to me EMT thin line. So here I'm gonna I'm gonna report well, back. Okay, thin I'm line on, of wood. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on wood. I'm on a website, aspiregear.com. I will put this into the show notes because uh what do this is a, what do this is what a topic do the thin line now. colors mean? So you've got thin blue line, thin red line, thin thin green line, thin white line, thin yellow line, thin black line, thin gray line. Why are all of these lines thin? Why can't any of them be thick? Ideally with two C's. That's what I want. <laughs> Maybe our show we're going to yeah. come up with our own and ours is going to be the the what what do we is is anybody taking orange? Uh Oh, actually, um, it's down here in the comments. You are missing thin orange line for animal control officers. Thank you. <laughs> if anybody <laughs> should be thick, it's animal control officers. Big thanks to our animal control officers. The comments. Okay, so so it's interesting because they have a, a different taxonomy for the first responders color meaning and the military color meaning. Apparently, they share the colors, but it depends on the context. Um, oh, so as we know, thin blue line is for police officers. Red line is for firefighters. Green line, want to guess? Uh, I, ice. Uh, no green card. Border control. Border patrol agents. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> thin white line is for EMS officials. Only the officials, uh, though. Well. Yeah, I guess because that's meant to include both paramedics and EMTs. And I understand that if you call a paramedic an EMT, that's a faux pas. That's very bad. How dare you? Right. Um, Thin yellow line represents dispatchers. (laughs) And the thin gray line represents correctional officers. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It does. If you look at it, it's like a black and a gray and a black line. And it does kind of look like a prison uniform. It does a little bit. Yeah. Interesting, though, here for the military armed forces naming thin blue line is for both Air Force and Navy, which I don't know why those are grouped together. Similarly, the thin red line is for Coast Guard and Marine Corps member, which those are very different branches of service. You'd think the um, Coast Guard would be more like the Navy, right? Like they're like right, they're yeah, like well, junior, junior Navy, junior bacon Navy. Right. And surely Navy and Marines should be together. I mean, the Marines are literally a division of the Navy, but whatever. Um, thin green line, of course, is for army and military police. Thin white line is for National Guard members and veterans. Um, 
just want to read some of the comments here because these are great. Um, first comment, can anyone tell me the official color number for the shade of blue used to represent the thin blue line? As we know, the thin blue line is legislated into law. It has a particular Pantone color number. Yeah. Uh, what thin line represents public works? That's another comment. Uh, I don't... What, are, like, are our sanitation workers, are they supposed to be a member of the thin line? I'm on I don't page, understand. I'm on page 14 of the com uh, comments. Oh, are you? Is there Someone a, has is a there... question, what color represents nurses? Is there a flag for highway workers who also respond to accidents and plow snow in winter and keep highways safe? Hmm. Where's my line? Where? Where's my line? Here's another I one. Do any of the line. colored lines represent the linemen and those that restore power during storms? The, wait, the thin line line? The uh, no, Well, they're asking. They're asking. Thin, thin, thin pine line. It says, and oh, here's someone that says the orange line is for public works slash highway workers. We don't get anywhere anywhere near enough respect and thanks. Uh, well, the you know thin what? I'm, res line. I'm respecting you right now. You can't see it, but I'm sitting here. <laughs> I'm respecting respect. you. I'm respecting you so hard. <laughs> so hard. I know. There's just Patriot Wood everywhere. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> uh, the thin yellow line represents tow truck operators and highway personnel. It's uh, funny because you know that there's. Please, could you leave a comment for me right now? Um, well, we need to. We need to leave a comment on here that that says a line for um government bureaucrats or so like what what would what's a, a position of authority that all the people commenting on here would uniformly hate um irs um yeah auditor so like thin pink line could be the irs auditors yeah um <laughs> put that in there i'm just put, i'm coming up with a fake email here <laughs> oh comments must be approved before they are published well that's never gonna go through <laughs> At least you know someone's gonna see it, though. You know, um, I kind of like it when they say that because I'm like, well, now I know for sure at least one person's reading this, right? And so I like um, to think of it as a message between me and that one person. Some more comments here: thin yellow line represents tow truck operators too. Someone says, "Happy to see security officers get some kind of appreciation." Very um, happy to see that. Larry G. Yes. Frick Jr. says, yes. "I am a Desert Storm Marine Corps vet." <clears throat> uh, not sure how that's relevant, but sure. Thank and you. Then, uh, Thank you for your service. Kim Helms here. She's on the wrong side. She says, I am interested in suicide awareness and mental health awareness. Um, not any of that here. That's not what these colors are no, for. No, 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 no. That's not what lines are for. That's what ribbons no. are for. Right, exactly. Ribbons. Patriot Ribbonwood. Yeah. Someone also says the thin green line is for conservation officers and park rangers. Orange is for search and rescue. I think what is clear is that there is no official taxonomy. Um, what I would say is no one wants to steal valor, but everyone wants deeply to have valor. This is the problem with the free market of thin lines. Right. You know, someone anyone says, can take any line they want. Color represents mall cops. I want to give my daughter at least one reason to look up to her dad. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. So... Speaking of, <laughs> oh wait, um, we have an official. We have a. This is very official. Official sounding correction. The thin yellow line stands for tow truck operators, security guards, and loss prevention. On the other hand, the thin gold line stands for dispatchers. I know it's kind of petty, but I just wanted to let you know. 
These people. Thank you. We'll take these, that under advisement. These people exist and are real and are typing on their devices. They're posting. They are real. Someone says, I don't understand how ATF is under the thin red line. And I don't either. Uh, you know, big same. Also confused about that. There's a so, lot of people asking. Oh, so okay, they mentioned the thin. They mentioned the thin black line, but they never say what it means, too, which a lot of people are confused. Well, about. you so, know, you right. can't. We're not allowed to say that one anymore. Anyway, so. uh, thank you for your service. Um, in particular, public works and uh, tow truck operators and highway personnel. What's the thi- what's the thin line for corporations? Oh, that's a good question. Um, whatever the color of money is. So I guess it's sort of faded green. Have you heard about this? Um business roundtable press release i did um there was it was it was um local news actually wow yeah um because Uh some of our local automotive company ceos signed on to it ah gotcha the american business roundtable yeah and uh if you read this detroit news piece the headline got me way more excited than it should have what because it? it says heads of GM slash comma Ford among CEOs rejecting shareholder centric model. And I was like, all right, we're abolishing capitalism. And then it was like, no, we're not actually doing that. <laughs> and I was like, I, I was just, you know, I was very sad. <clears throat> all of this comes off to me like a like a person who's been like serially cheating on their spouse or beating them or being abusive or something like, baby, please, 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 baby, don't don't go. Don't go. I'll change. Mm-hmm. We'll do. I'll do better. I want to make this work. I think. I think. Yeah. I think there is an aspect to that. I mean, I don't think this is necessarily bad, but I. I mean, it's a good thing to say. I don't think it's particularly good either, because I don't think it's going to mean anything. So basically, for people who aren't, who don't know, what they said is they said since since the seventies, you know, the 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 main focus and the main responsibility perceived responsibility of corporations is solely to the shareholders and to to not even since the 70s do you you know how this started the principle of shareholder primacy and wasn't it like 70 something 1919 dodge versus ford motor company a case in which the michigan supreme court held that henry ford had to operate the ford motor company company in the interest of its shareholders rather than in a charitable manner for the benefit of his employees or customers oh i just remember that it kind of was like the 70s i think were when stock buybacks were made oh yeah i I, I just remember that it became like it was like a big Milton Friedman kind of thing. Oh, yeah, it, that too. That he definitely <clears throat> popularized it and said, you know, you should only be in business for your shareholders. But Actu- it was it actually greed is good. You know what I mean? Right. It was, but it was back in 1919 that the Dodge brothers, before they started Dodge, they were shareholders of Ford Motor Company and they were like, hey, Henry Ford, you have to run the company for our benefit and hey, not anyone else's. Hey, you're not else's. making us enough of money. Right. And he was like, no. And then the Michigan Supreme Court was like, actually, yes. So that's great. Thank Um, you. But this is also the thing is that I don't know how much it matters that they're saying they're going to do this because shareholder primacy is effectively common law. It's called fiduciary. You got to have a fiduciary responsibility. Right. 
But I, I do say, and there's a note in this um, article that says some executives have also complained that an outsized focus on share prices and quarterly results hamper their ability to build businesses for the long term. And that is yeah, correct. Yeah, that's very the true. Stock market, you know, hedge fund traders and all those goons, they basically don't care about the long term. They just want short term gains. Uh, and so everything operates on a very short term basis. And that's why we don't have like a fully electrified transportation system yet because it's not profitable. It's not so, immediately profitable. Right. Exactly. Or it's you not as money in the short term or something else. Yeah, exactly. So <clears throat> I am sort of glad that they're finally pushing back against that because it's extremely annoying and it's but very the- annoying to work at a big company where you just get told. <laughs> you know, that you have to create value for shareholders. <laughs> the problem, the problem is that it's not, it's not like, it's not like they just did this all because they're like, you know what? Enough's enough. You know, it's because they've been looking yeah, at pandering. the yeah. political world and they're like, Oh crap. <laughs> we better, we better start. Oh yeah, absolutely. Please making, don't nationalize us. Yeah, exactly. And, and almost, if if you want to be really cynical, which I promise myself, myself I wouldn't do this, but if you want to be really cynical, it's almost like as if they're opening a way to say, we, oh, shareholder, we do, we're not accountable merely to shareholder profits, so we can basically do anything we want. Mm. So whereas we mm. see it as a, oh, now they have to be more ethical and responsible. Really? They're saying, no, now now there's no limits. <laughs> yeah. We just do whatever. <laughs> Maybe not even the, the shareholder. It's just the CEO. It's just the board. Right. It's just the executives that whose interests we're gonna look at look in. I mean, that's a cynical take, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, for for what it's worth, F F W I W, et cetera, et cetera. Right. <clears throat> now, um, speaking of capitalism. We have another article article here about calendar capitalism. Ooh, calendar capitalism of which calendar capitalism is a part. Um, this is an article. I think this article, by us discussing it, we are inadvertently going to begin a beef with the morning show hosts, and I do apologize for that. But well, it's just done. the rules. That's how it works. It we done. have yeah. to do it. That's yep. You hate to see it, but you yeah, know, it's got to happen. Um, this is about. The, the title of this article is Why Every Day is Suddenly National Something Day. Um, and it talks about the first National Ice Cream Day, which was declared by Ronald Reagan, and how <laughs> and there's the, now a national the, day for he, seemingly he call, everything. He called it a nutritious and wholesome food. That's you know, exactly I actually, how I would describe ice cream. I actually agree. Uh, ice cream is nutritious and wholesome. And honestly, it is extremely rude of my scale to contradict that. <laughs> How dare they? Just extremely intolerant of my scale. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah, so that was um, 1984 when we started doing National Ice Cream Day. Um, and then, uh, you know, things... Uh, National Bowling Day, National Waffle Day, National Shapewear Day, National Friendship Day. Um, my favorite and- part of this article is it says, Halo Top gave out vouchers in a promotional collaboration with Bumble. Yes, some Americans are likely now using a dating app because Ronald Reagan had too much cheese. <laughs> Very interesting series of events. Yeah, that's like the butterfly effect, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, goodness. Focus yeah, on the so, 
Um, I mean, yeah, it's basically what companies learned is that they can invent a national day to promote whatever they're trying to sell. And then, so. you know, lazy media people with nothing to talk about. It's like, oh, we can talk about how it's National well, right. Waffles well, Day. Well, you got to fill time so you can talk about how it's National Cream Puff Week or something. I will say, though, that automakers have taken this to the next level because we don't just have days. We have like entire months. Like it'll be truck month. Whoa. I know, next, right? Next level. Like, oh. listen, it's Ford truck month. Built Ford tough truck month. Like, come on down and get you a truck. Maybe, maybe we got to do um, like... Uh, EV year, right? Exactly. Electrical vehicle year. <laughs> what now? Oh, nice month. Folks, you've it's got. EV decade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think that's where this is headed. I think we could probably start that. We could get funding from somewhere. I think I'm we sure. should just commoditize every unit of measurement. I think yes, right, so exactly. Like, even like an inch. Hmm. Well, as we know, an inch is for, um, I don't know, I couldn't think of an example. My brain just gave up. Mm. Right. I was really, I think it's just, you know, everything is sort of a sponsorship. So it's like one Walmart inch, you know, 12 (laughs) Walmart inches make one target foot. (laughs) The inch brought to you by Walmart. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's like, um, God, what is, uh, you see so many of these um, things on TV now or other events that are sponsored by like they have so many names you know like i think of bowl games as being the big one because it'd be like (laughs) the chick-fil-a peach bowl presented by you know uh such and so bank or whatever yeah like how many how many can they how many sponsors can they stick onto the name of the thing (laughs) everything everything is a sponsor that's that's the that's the inevitable outcome i mean everything yeah sponsored You'll even be watching a football game and the instant replay is like brought to you by a particular company. <laughs> oh, so, heaven help us yeah. if they start just commoditizing our everyday activities. I do want to see this. I made a point on Twitter um, this week, which was that I have been thinking lately about all the limited time that we have on Earth <laughs> and uh, how much of that time is wasted by advertisers. <laughs> and I'm kind of over the entitlement that advertisers think they have to my time. Yeah, honestly, yeah. screw them. <clears throat> Today's episode incidentally brought to you by... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Speaking can't of advertising, <laughs> we're falling into the trap because the next thing we're talking about is the chicken wars. Yeah, and that's totally um, marketing. Oh, it is. Yeah, we are inadvertently marketing for Popeyes here. So I will be sending them an invoice later, um, payable to the center of the Institute of the whatever the thin or think tank <laughs> name. I forget. The th- thick, thick orange line. The count. <laughs> <laughs> the thick with two that's th- our new th- initiative. <laughs> Actually, yeah. never mind. <clears throat> the chicken wars. Popeyes basically popped off on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and was like, oh, there's a new chicken sandwich in town, and then which is interesting because I think honestly, one thing that a lot of people were looking for was like a good alternative to Chick Fil A sandwiches because, like Chick Fil A, the company is pretty problematic, problematic, but the problem is that their 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 sandwiches are pretty good, so it was hard to re- there was no suitable replacement for chick-fil-a but i actually never liked chick-fil-a i'm oh really mm. <laughs> i mean that sounds <laughs> it sounds facetious and i'm saying it facetious but in all honesty i've never really understood 
like why people are so into Chick-fil-A. I think I've said that on the show before. Well, but it's just like not it's okay. It's it's cool. I'm fine what with they it. Do is they they cover their chicken in MSG and that's what makes yeah. it so tasty, which yeah. makes it extremely ironic that these sort of ultra conservative uh, you know, church women who wouldn't vaccinate their kids then go to Chick-fil-A and load <laughs> up on MSG without realizing that it, there's a bunch of MSG, which they yeah. would be fearful of for no reason. And I mean, the ultimate hack, the thing is, I think maybe why it doesn't work for me is that I've hacked the system because I put MSG in my home cooked food Mm -hmm. to make me crave good food. Mm, Like that was the hack I realized I could do the other. I was like, why don't I use the science that the the fast food people are using on myself? Umami. So get myself addicted to like home cooked food. Bam. Mm. Mm-hmm. And it works. It's pretty great. Yeah, that's smart. So there was a chicken sandwich people have been talking about which chicken sandwich is better. Um, I haven't had the Popeye's there's, chicken sandwich. There's been a bit of a social media feud because Chick-fil-A just tweeted bun plus chicken plus pickles equals all heart for the original. And Popeye's replied to that and just said, y'all good, which is kind of funny. Just, I did see someone. I saw a TikTok where someone ate the new Popeye's chicken sandwich, and then it was like Chick Fil A. Y'all better be open on Sundays now. No more days off. <laughs> which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> the thing, the thing is that it's like this. We've talked about that before. These like weird Twitter fights between brands, mm-hmm. and I almost feel like this stuff is orchestrated. Like it certainly seems that way. In fact, Shake Shack wandered know. into the, huh? They bo- or at least they both are doing it knowingly. Like they know right. they're giving the bait to the other person, and they know they're going to take it because they know it's going to. Well, all it's yeah. going to do is influence the expo- exposure and give free marketing for both of them. Well, right, and then Shake Shack waded into the fray and tweeted, "If you're looking for a chicken sandwich (parentheses without the beef), <laughs> you know where to find us." stupid so <laughs> all these people <laughs> everybody everybody listen chicken sandwiches so hot right now <laughs> they're chicken sandwiches are everything i have to say i am curious to to try it and see if it does match the hype because chick fil take- chicken sandwiches are very good and for people to say that they the popeye's chicken sandwich is better is a bold claim can i can i can i just run by you of my hot take mm, and and yes. and after this i i really don't want to talk about it anymore but okay i just want to leave this thing on this my hot take is that fried chicken is already a sandwich it's literally meat between bread so yes 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 <clears throat> yes yes yeah. and i mean yeah. who it is technically who, true it's impossible to know that's what, that's why the KFC double down could be a sandwich because <laughs> there's bread yes. on the fried chicken. Yes, it's a sandwich. Yeah. It's just it's a sandwich. Um yeah. speaking of of sandwiches, <laughs> I had an idea that I told I'm very this is a new service that I I I will I promise I won't use and often but it was it's very tempting because I just texted you and I said, "Please put this in the doc." Yeah. <laughs> And, and I dutifully did it. And you did it. It was there. That's it was like, part oh. of my duties as the president of the council at the Institute of the Center for Politics and Society. Right. Thank you. Yeah. So my idea is that, you know, Trump's voice is like in all of our heads and his catchphrases like, uh, you know, we love to see it. Yeah. X, I was which is a part little, of what? I was a little sad at myself because I um, 
well, I oh, I took my trash out earlier and it was a little smelly, and I just thought disgusting <laughs> in Trump's voice, and I was like, oh man, yeah, it's like he's it's a stuck in there. In our heads, we all have the catchphrase. We all know him. We all know the voice. And I thought, and it's catchy. It's ca- the pro- the thing is, he's discovered this catchy thing, and I think we should bye weaponize bye. it. I think we should weaponize it. Yeah, and we should start making fake Trump catchphrases mm-hmm. to spread. Hmm. And you, so like, if you say anything in his voice, and you just say it all the time, people will think, oh, well. That's obviously a Trumpism. They're not because right because there's nothing that's outside of the realm of possibility that yeah, he, he, might have he said. bypasses your judgment. He bypasses right. that thing that makes you go, "Is this real?" No, everyone's like, "Yeah, of course it's real." It's freaking Trump. Like the set of things that he might have said is everything. Like there's nothing that like you would be like, "Nah, he wouldn't say that." Literally, so, not like, a single thing. I'm gonna start saying. Um, I'm just gonna come. Let's just workshop Uh-oh. some of these. So, one mm. oh, oh, here's one. I'm. This is this is a new one that I'm going to start saying. Um, I'm going to say, well, folks, pigs and chickens. <laughs> I'm sorry. Run that by me again. <laughs> well, folks, pigs and chickens. 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 Interesting. That's a Trumpism. Um, yeah. I don't know. You want to try and I'm gonna try, try and come up with one. I'll come up with another real quick. Here. Uh, hmm, okay. Uh, my what? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife. <laughs> the, the problem is, I you put me on the spot. I'm not sure. Um. Okay. Let's. Do, I'm gonna do come up, come up with one that's like so ridiculous. I'm gonna see if I can get people to start saying it, mm, and okay. it's gonna go zuma zuma zuma. <laughs> see, that's pretty good because he did. He's done the Bing Bing Bong thing. <laughs> These folks. He's over here and he's like, Zimba, Zimba, Zimba. A big bowl of pasta. A big bowl of pasta. (laughs) (laughs) Folks, don't we love it? We love a big bowl of pasta. We love a big bowl of pasta. (laughs) Wait, I got one. I got one. I got one. Ketamine for the troops. Oh, I don't have to write that down. It's already there. Oh, look at that! It's in our show notes. It's like, it's like when you did a transition. We manifested it. <laughs> so, yeah. new topic. The president, the president has talked about how he's uh, there's a wonderful new uh, treatment coming out for the veterans, made by Johnson and Johnson. He he said Johnson and Johnson a lot, which wonders. It makes me wonder if Trump's whole thing is just really misguided influencer marketing play <laughs> it totally is it's just like whatever ads he sees on fox and friends right someone just calls up his chief of staff and is like tell trump that we'll give him a million dollars if he just says johnson and johnson for a day <laughs> yeah it's gotta deal. be something. i love deals i'm the best at deals <gasps> we've right, got so we've been decided. negotiating for a good price i think we're gonna get a good price in johnson and johnson yeah, so he's decided that the best way to treat things like uh, suicide or depression or whatever amongst the troops is to give them some of that special K. <laughs> just, just trank them up with those powerful. <laughs> you love horse, to see it. Horse pills. Just, <laughs> just send them down that K hole. Yeah. Just Thank ketamine, you which, service. by the way, is often used as a sort of anesthetic and other sort of, you know, depressant. Just 
Yeah, just trank them up. Just ketamine. Yep. I mean, look, I'm no drug man, but I believe no. ketamine can basically put you into some basically what amounts to like a coma. It's sort of yeah, it's like a hallucinogenic fog. Yeah. <laughs> But like it's completely incapacitating. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is so. Yeah, thank you for for your service. Now we're gonna let you just sit in the corner <laughs> for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh, I just want um this a- Atlantic article. Um, it says you know it quotes Trump. It says there's a product that's made right now that just came out by Johnson Johnson, which has a tremendously positive, pretty short term, but nevertheless positive effect. Trump said, but that statement is contrary to the evidence. We got him. We got him. <laughs> we got him. We got, we got him. him. He said something false. Everybody, sound the alarm. That's uh, five Pinocchios. My no, answer this, is something yeah, called I, science. Right, exactly. So this version of, it's not ketamine. It's a derivative of ketamine called esketamine, which is great because it sounds like esketit. Esketamine. <laughs> esketamine. Hey, what is, hey, hey, uh, Mario, what is that stuff? <laughs> esketamine. <laughs> It's a meme. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Andrew, have you heard of this thing called podcasting? Uh, no. What is it? Well, it was invented by Conan O'Brien. Oh, interesting. I yeah. thought he was a late night uh, television host. <sighs> Apparently, he's just a renaissance man. Oh, interesting. And he's doing this thing called podcasting now. You mean like he was in Italy in the 1500s or... No. Wait, okay. That, oh, Renaissance, like the Italian Renaissance, like yeah, right. Like yes. Leonardo. Mm-hmm, it, right. It, it Go ahead, sir. You had a question. Exactly. It scared me. It scared me. In a big bowl of pasta, <laughs> folks. <laughs> we're gonna give them these nasal spray from Johnson and Johnson, and and then we're all gonna sit around and have a big bowl of pasta. Folks, we love the special K. I love the drugs. I do all the drugs. Folks, have you heard about podcasts? Yeah. So the key to um, my Trump, I realize, is that he's like one degree away from Jiminy Glick. Mm, interesting. <laughs> doing <laughs> doing Jiminy Glick, but it's it's like crazy Jiminy Glick. Hmm. Hmm. So there's this article so, that Variety posted. Which, by the way, the cover image is utterly bizarre because it's like Conan is sticking out through a hole in the floor. I don't know. It looks like he's apparating through the floor. <laughs> it looks like he's clipping through the floor like a bad video game. I don't understand it. Like, or like he's like in some sort of very stable blue goo liquid. Yeah. Like he's slowly s- sinking into blue goo. <laughs> Someone get him out of there quick. <laughs> which is, which is, I, you know what? Honestly, it actually makes me feel really good to finally see podcast represented for like what podcasting really looks like. Cause Which here is, I sit is, in my, my pool of blue goo up right. to my chest. Yeah. In a, in a shirt and tie, on your microphone and he's wearing shirt a denim jacket. A denim jacket. <laughs> Which is a normal look for a podcaster. Yeah. Um, no, this is, this is yet a number in the genre of articles. That's like podcasting. So hot right now. Um, and it's hot because celebrities are doing it now, and now it's truly a real thing. And everybody has already talked about this, but I, I, you know, it's very dumb. It's very dumb. Yeah. The, the it, thing that I thought about it is that I don't know. It's talking up Conan O'Brien and how he's tapping into the podcast revolution, but like Conan's podcast is not 
a very genuine podcast, right? Like you can tell he's kind of phoning it in and you don't really feel a connection with him. Like when you're listening to the podcast, like you do I with like, good podcasts. I like his podcast. I like the interviews because he's got it, interesting it, people and he's, it's just, it's basically his podcast is what I wish his show was like. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, though, premise, is that it feels produced and artificial, you know, and you get the feeling that he strides into the room three minutes before they're ready to record. Yeah. And then as soon as they're done, he leaves. And it's obnoxious, too, because it has 800 ads that are all 20 minutes long. And, he, and because, he's, and he's yeah. like, ironically talking about the things, you know, right, like, it's you know, he's the ad reads are exhausting you know? because he's trying to, like, riff. And it's yeah. like, just stop, just stop, just Please. read the ad and move on. Please. <sighs> and then he does this bit at the end of the interview where he pretends like, oh, now we're just going to loosey goosey have some talk with the producers that are working here. And, and, uh, yeah, yeah we're I just friends. Understand. We're all normal friends around here and we're normal people <laughs> doing right. normal stuff. Aren't we loosey goosey? And it's like, this is a segment that you produce. It's, it's a very hello kids kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I do like the show. I like the interviews. I think they're yeah. very good. And I wish that's what late night or his actual show was like. I That's wish just what the podcast should be is just his interviews. I don't want any of the fluff because the fluff is. I don't care about awesome. Sona Mosevsvian or, yeah, or Matt Gorley, Matt Grat Morley. I don't, I don't know why he's on there. I don't know what he contributes. Why is why is why does he have a mic? That's my question. <laughs> like, is, I get that okay. he's the producer, but what, I am, I what don't, is the deal? Look, I'm going to call and I'm calling out Chapo. I'm calling out all these shows have a producer with a mic. Yeah. What the heck? They, they think they're uh, Howard you Stern. You're our producer. Yeah. We're the producer. We're both. Pro we're co-producers. Exactly. That's all it takes. It's yeah. not. It's not rocket this is the This is the real podcasting. That's what I'm well, saying. Well, our producer is actually Craig. That's true. I'm honest about it. Yeah. But you guys don't get to hear Craig. No. Because Craig Cause is a robot. Weird. That's not what you tone in for. <laughs> yeah, you're not here. Anyway, for that. I'm just glad that podcasting is finally, finally on the map. Finally, we've made and it. That apparently entails lots of advertising. <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> My favorite, you know, podcasting of which advertising is a part. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking um, of podcasting, yeah, I, I, you know, listening to people talk about this and you know their numbers or whatever, and there was that article a while back that by written by someone who doesn't understand podcasting at all, where they interviewed someone who's like, "Oh, I thought we would get thousands of listeners, and then we and get advertisements, and then we didn't, so we gave up <laughs> yeah. after four episodes." Yeah, and I just thought that we should uh, perhaps look into some podcast growth hacking to oh. do, you know, to expand our audience. Um, and then we can get, you know, maybe some endorsement deals from some places. I don't know why we hadn't thought about that until now. Yeah, I don't know. But, you know, I don't really have any ideas of how to do this. Um, my understanding That's is that it entails too. emailing other podcasts and asking oh. to be on their podcast. Oh, I think I don't know. So we're basically creating like a podcast version of a web ring. Right. Do you understand that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for those for those old timers, you know what a web ring is. <laughs> Remember that big, from the good old big days. Big fan of web rings, yeah. Blog <laughs> rolls as well. Yeah. yeah. All, all the great link lists. <laughs> 
So, but you found of, you dug into the stats. Yeah, because when, when you, which we, I try not to look at. <laughs> we, you know, we have an interesting cohort, um, interesting demographics, as they yeah. say. Our hey, demos. advertisers, are you listening? Are you listening? Yeah, advertisers, listen to our demos. So they're, there's just not. two key points I wanted to put. I wanted to point out. Mm-hmm. Um. Two percent of our downloads are from France. Oh, interesting. And so I just wanted to say bonjour. Oh, bonjour. Our, our French listeners. Bonjour. Um, I like a two- big bowl of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> uh two percent of our listeners are also from España. Ah, España. Yeah. I like a big bowl of paella. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so sorry. I'm canceled now. I'm can- I'm banning like myself. You were banned like a- from the server. I like a big bowl of no pasadron. <laughs> so let's talk about something serious. Let's get oh. serious. <clears throat> let's buckle in. Folks, Thank you. Turns chair around. We've had fun today. But now it's time that we got real. Yeah. So I had an idea, um, and it's I just want to throw this posit out here. Policies are great. Mm, but, but we without, love, but we we love, love policies. policies. Yeah. But without power, they're meaningless. Now, okay. Uh, so you can go ahead, sir. You had a question. How does that what you can have up? all the policies in the world. You can have all the white papers, you can have all the ideas in the world. But if you lack any power to like actually execute them, so you're telling me that having then, a briefcase full of plans is not the most meaningful. No. Mm. And th- I'm, listen, listen. I don't want people to be mistaken. I Uh-oh. like. We like plans. We are we pro do, plans. We do like. Pl- I'm a big fan of plans. Big fan of planning. You guys should see my to doist. Well, I actually want to see that. Um, I mean, you did some planning before you opened up the stickies app before we I, recorded. I and have started the sticky planning. app open right now with like yeah. reminders for things to do. As you we know, know the, the stickies app is a well-known GTD certified app. <laughs> yeah. Copyright David code 2004. The, the thing is that here at the council at the Institute of the center of for politics and society, we love policies, but we also understand that you have to have the power to enact them. And right. So, that's like, where the society comes in. There's the yeah, politics any, and society. It's yeah. very clear. Yeah. So like all political movements that pr- prioritize policy at the expense or without the focus on obtaining the power necessary to enact them, it will always fail. So this is like a really good example of the shortcomings of the Obama presidency because I, one of the most interesting things for me to watch was Obama's um, campaign was chock-a-block full of ideas. And there was a oh, lot yeah. going on. We had the financial crisis. So it was like a great opportunity to be like, folks, let's try something new. Okay? Right. This is crazy. And so I just remember there was all kinds of ideas. And then when you look back, you realize like almost like none of those got enacted or they – they got enacted in such a watered down half measures. Yeah. None version. Compromised. Like, Compromised. Yeah. So, so the, and I think the thing that it stems from, cause a lot of what Obama was about and a lot was, he was constantly afraid of being perceived as uh, the, the, the crazy radical, radical. Yeah, black exactly. man 
that mm. he was being accused. You know, they he was afraid of being perceived as a Black Panther. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and mm-hmm. and the thing is, like, it made his presidency, his everything was kind of like scared or uncomfortable, or especially like supporters were uncomfortable with discussing yeah. like how to get more power. I think that's a pretty broad takeaway from of his legacy is that his presidency didn't really live up to the hype, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. The hype that he built that carried him into office, the Yes We Can movement, yeah. kind of petered out. It was like, Yes We Can. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> yeah, yes, we can compromise with Mitch McConnell. <laughs> Which we know how that works. No, um, we cannot have a public option in, in Obamacare because Joe Lieberman is mad about it. <laughs> but yeah. but I think the the essence of liberalism because like liberalism is an idea about you know fairness and meritocracy and um mm. you know li- liberty you know that's what it comes from the word is liberty and so the opposite of liberty is you know autocracy authoritarianism kind of a thing and so like right when you have a a liberal ideology of course you're uncomfortable with like power because power corrupts because if people, people with lots of power are the ones who do terrible things. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. And so there's this, there's this weird conflict that's kind of baked in. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like unexamined. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, this is the thing is, um, you know, the, how, a lot of people talk about how the Democrats are like not really a party of government. They really don't know how to govern. And I think it's because of this sort of like, well, we don't want to like we have. I don't know. Maybe the Democrats are slightly more self-aware that power corrupts. So they're like, well, we don't want to have like too much of it because then we might become bad, you know, so we're trying yeah. to be I don't know. So we end up just sort of not doing anything and fumbling because we don't want to mess it up. But then we don't yeah, accomplish anything either. It's like the people who are who are really worried about eating healthy, but they never end up enjoying food ever. Right. Like they've never, they never the savored anything. They've never <laughs> yeah. and and so like I think it's like based on like a good premise and a good understanding, but but just now, you know, it popped into my head that like, well, the problem isn't power. The problem is how that power is distributed and who the power belongs to. Right. If the power belongs to like a party or an individual, then uh, that's bad. Bad news. Yeah. Not great. <laughs> Not great. Yeah. But if that power belongs to, to the to the people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. that's kind of the whole basis of democracy, which I'm learning more and more that like a lot of people don't believe in. It's interesting how much people seem to think that direct democracy is actually a bad idea or just right? like, like any kind of democracy like when you really like, well, we, down, can't, like, oh. we can't put plebiscites in front of the entire country because then you know they might pass something dumb and it's like well but isn't that i mean that is a risk i suppose but well and what everyone I think had is, a say in it I what i think know. is really interesting is the contradiction between people who are like libertarian or conservative minded who are especially like in matters of economics, they like believe in the idea of free markets, which is based on the notion that, uh, everyone distrib- should, every rational and should make free choices. Well, and a distribution across the board, when you average out individual choices mm-hmm. done freely, it will average out to the greatest possible good. 
Mm. And because the right. idea of free markets and people who adopt them, like, you know, to not be like belittling them or, or not be unfair, they don't say, oh, well, free markets are de facto great. What they believe is that on average, when you when you spread out the decisions among the people, then then how they spend their money will result in the greatest possible good. It might not be great, but it's the greatest possible. But mm-hmm. that's but that's like the similar argument for democracy. <laughs> right. And yet it's the people who are are just like staunch free marketeers who don't believe in democracy to yeah. a large extent. There's a lot crazy. of there's a lot of contempt for the populace because they're perceived to be easily manipulated and they make what are perceived as bad decisions and therefore they shouldn't have a direct hand in running government instead they should vote for representatives which we can then influence to act in a particular way yes according to a particular agenda but according to people with the most power money like a federalism makes sense um or rather like republicanism makes sense in a uh, you know, a time when you didn't have the technology to reasonably like ascertain the opinions of large numbers of people in a timely fashion. But we all have computers in the internet now. And like, I mean, probably you could get bigger turnout on a Twitter poll than for an election. So I guess <laughs> well, what I'm saying is make all laws t- Twitter polls. I guess that's my platform now. Statistics that were like this many people voted in American Idol. Right. Many people voted for president. It's like, yeah. oh, like we could we could do direct democracy and it would be interesting to try. You know, I don't know. I mean, the Swiss could, do, but the it's Swiss do direct democracy. It, it is impossible to know. <laughs> you know, you're right. But I think what it comes down to, like you like something that you said, like it's based on this. um this idea that like this contempt for people and like we've like hit on about several other issues when we Mm -hmm. like dig down it comes back to like contempt versus solidarity like having like some sort of either well it's almost like it's all class warfare (laughs) but it's like not even you either believe in the people or you believe that the people are very dumb and need to need like a to have their hand held i think a lot of people believe that and they might not even understand it they, they don't they realize it because it it's subconscious level right it's so um covered up by you know higher layers of belief but the nugget at the bottom is ultimately that lots of people are dumb and can't be trusted to you know govern themselves basically which i'm just the older i get the more i look the less i believe it because yeah. look at what was happened with the other way it's not right. great folks well, and it turns out that people to tend to it. know what's best for them, or at least they have, you know, an opinion on it. So, and even if they don't, is it more moral for someone else to decide that for them than for them to decide it, even if they're wrong? You know what I mean? Like, is it ethical? And I just think it's a lot better way to live your life is to have some empathy for people, to have some like sense of solidarity with people in general, to like look, view humankind as like, you know, we're all in this together and we're all trying our best. Yeah. Everybody has their reasons and there's a lot of dumb people, but overall in general, we could do this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that gets to the, the thing, the other thing in here that we, that it is related. W- that was a right. pod, a podcast. And mm-hmm. now that we know that those exist, thanks to Conan oh, right. O'Brien. Yes. This is one of the, um, 
This is one of the new ones, one of the big ones. Um, you know, you have Conan O'Brien, but then you have Ezra Klein also in here, yeah. wilding out, inventing <laughs> podcasting. <laughs> and Ezra has a show, and and he interviewed um, high quality journalist Liz Brunig. Oh, did he? Who were what? I thought this was Matt Brunig. Matt Brunig. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Policy wonk. Matt. I was like, where are you going with this? <laughs> Sorry. Policy I, wonk I, Matt I, I Brunig. Got, uh, yeah. Policy wonk Matt Brunig. Of which Liz listening. Brunig is the spouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, my brain just like. Burp, 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 burp. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it probably would have gone else. about the same if Liz was on there, to be honest. So. <laughs> it would have been interesting. Uh, yeah. So it was it was a, a somewhat painful debate that they had over uh, Medicare for all. Yeah, they um, they ended up talking past each other a lot, which isn't that surprising. But yeah, because they're both yeah. they're both wonks. So they don't both wonks. I be, I would I don't think it's insensitive to say that. I, well, I know for sure Matt Matt has said that he's on the spectrum, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I I think that. Ezra Klein's a little bit in that kind of uh, brain operation also too. So like there was a lot of subtle cues being <laughs> right. Talk. They were talking past each other a lot. Mm-hmm. It was very, it was very interesting. And, but they in were basically, ways, they were talking about Medicare for all. Um, and yeah. like whether the, the crux of the argument was whether we should go for like a pure unadulterated Medicare for all or, um, I guess the one he kept referring to was the Center for American Progress's what was it called Medicare for America plan or whatever this like watered down Medicare for all. Very annoying that he kept referring to CAP because CAP is very dumb and bad. But whatever. And the and the 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 thing that he kept beating around the bush about, but he never quite spelled out this way, was that his his premise was we can't afford to risk failed attempts. At a bold right. policy because it will result in disillusioned vultures. Yeah, it's it's like it's like oh, we can't spend all our political capital on this because it won't happen, and then we won't have any political capital left. Seems to be <laughs> right. the, the thought. It's lost a version of like political said, capital. He didn't, he didn't explicitly say that at any point, but that was the underlying premise of most of his questions and arguments. Was like, well, how do you get voters to support it, and what happens when you know the Republicans vote against it or whatever? And, and, the thing, um, and, the, and the thing that's like so crazy making about this is because it goes unsaid, it goes unchallenged because the right. easy answer to this is like, oh, so failing to try doesn't doesn't is, is less disillusioning somehow. Yeah. Then then like failing like somehow it's not this more discouraging the, I, to yeah, just not I even don't try this. The thing that I've been told my whole life, especially because I was a shy kid and I was afraid to try new things, was that you never uh, know how things are going to go until you give it a shot. Yeah. But here you, we're going, you, well, we fail to try. You try to fail. You fail to try. You try to fail. Fail right. it. Fail it. Won't get fooled again. Right. Yes. Or in the yes. words of Yoda, do or do not. There is no try. Yeah. But they're basically arguing for do not because they're like, well, you know, it could go badly. And so I think we best, people we best not attempt it at all. And people across, like in politics today, especially people who are like the what you would call a like neoliberal or middle middle what third way 
third way yeah well, we found a new account we talked about the third way account <laughs> but there's one that is straight up just neoliberal <laughs> it's just it's even better <laughs> yeah it's pretty pretty anyway. great big follow big. So, but like what they don't understand is that voters they want representatives who are going to fight for them like yeah, that's why I people are say, disillusioned that's what people want i would say that one thing both Republicans and Democrats would agree on is that they feel like government is just not doing anything right now. <laughs> yeah. And they would like that to change. They want someone to do something. Well, no, here's the difference though. Republicans, especially like the Fox News kind of radicalized reactionary ones, mm. they want they want government to do nothing because they that is true, don't yeah. want government. They want government to stop and go away and die. So like they want they want uh representatives so we are, to we are for them. playing into the hands of these bad faith uh <laughs> yeah. coke brother minimum government because types. they go back to their they go back to their base they go back to their voters and they're like i'm fighting for you i'm tearing this place down yeah i'm causing a crap storm you know what i mean like i'm We're doing gonna it. abolish taxation and that's why people are so it's hilarious to see how they're befuddled. How does Mitch McConnell keep getting elected? How do these terrible, annoying people that everyone hates keep getting elected? Because they're fighting for the people that are electing them. Right. It's like a real simple thing. Mm -hmm. And although the public in general, they're keeping it. their promise, which in this case is to not do anything really, yeah, but. <laughs> which is real easy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know. it's Basically, you get elected to collect a paycheck, which seems like that's not how that should work, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I'm all There's for minimizing government spending, except on my salary specifically. <laughs> and it gets to this harebrained thing that, like, optimal policy guarantees its enactment. But that's not true. Policy yeah, is like... like if you if you min-max the policy, that's that's the that's what you should, right, what it's you like, should do. It's like if you juice your stats enough. Right. But it's just like, it, you know, it, the movement behind it is what's important. And that's like, that's why the, the Bernie Sanders thing is like so powerful to me. The not me us mm -hmm. slogan and the idea and the whole basis of the campaign is like, this is not a, a campaign of an individual. This is not a campaign yeah. of policies. This is like a campaign of people. This is a, um, it's a people well, it's powered a mo movement. It's supposed to be a movement. It's not. Yeah. Bernie's whole thing is not that you're going to elect someone who is going to, you know, put a bunch of policies in place. And then that's sort of that. It's more like and, we want to build <laughs> robust power structures for the future. And the funny thing that happens is whenever he releases a policy, like, you know, just recently released his greet, his version of the green. Oh, he, dude, he was wilding out on policies this week. It was kind <laughs> he, of nuts. He was, he like Every day was like tell. a new Bernie policy. And it was, they were always like huge, big, you know, oh yeah, we're going to spend $16 trillion to fix, to do the, our green new deal. And everyone's what like, I, what I loved about too, that is people going. Yeah, people going, that's too much money. And it's like, it's literally the entire world that's at stake here. Yes. But sure. Yes, yes but because sure. another underlying but unspoken premise of all this stuff. And we talked about it before when we talked about the Diane Aaron, Feinstein Aaron, telling the Aaron, kids off. Aaron, I have a question for you. What if we spend too much money fixing the environment? What if we what spend then? too much what money then? not letting ourselves go extinct? Hmm. What if we, yeah, what, what, <laughs> hmm, hmm. 
what then? But it's like the underlying premise is the status quo is tolerable at, wh- while we wait. Like that we can afford to just sit and wait because the status quo is okay. It's not great, but that's, that's not true. Thing, it, it, well, but it is for the people that, you know, have their hands on the levers of power. Yeah, so, right. Wow. They're like, well, why do we need to up, you know, have a giant upheaval for things like my house in the Hamptons is fine right now. Yeah, and it's like, well, you know, there are people in California whose houses got destroyed by wildfire. The Amazon is burning. Uh, the folks in Iceland enacted a plaque in memorial of a glacier that's gone. Like things are effed up pretty massively. It's yeah. kind of a crap show right now. Like, even I if just it wanna, doesn't personally affect you. Like, I just want to ask these people, like, what is your worst case? What is your scenario mm-hmm. for? Okay, I guess we we we've we've reached the point where we could just do whatever it takes. Like, Aaron, Aaron, what why is are we spending money? Why are we spending money on tornado sirens? My house is underground. I'm you fine. What? <laughs> we don't need tornado sirens. My bunker is it will <laughs> will keep me and and my, my prepper bunker is fully alive. stocked. I got mine. <laughs> Listen, I've got four pallets of MREs here. So I don't think, I just don't think it's, I think it'll alienate the voters. For this, I'm hated by many lefties. I have no idea what I'm doing. I was not prepared for this. I'm trying and I'm learning. Thank you for your patience. There's so many mistakes I have already made But I'm working to be better day by day And I think I'm gonna make it But for now I'll say I have no 